Welcome to Soundless Doctrine, the podcast of Sovereign Grace Music, where we explore what the Bible has to say about music and worship in the church and encourage those who plan, lead, and participate in their Sunday gatherings each week. Hey, welcome to the Soundless Doctrine Podcast. I am David Zimmer. Yeah, yeah, I'm Bob Coughlin. Yeah, we're so stoked. <laughs> we are. We're always excited when we start this. I'm not sure hey, why. Um, so we, for our listeners that are on Spotify and Apple Music, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. Thank you for listening. We also post these on YouTube. Yep. And if you are watching this on YouTube, you can see our brand new Sovereign Grace mm, Music very shirts. It is very impressive. That I am branding right now, currently... Uh, it's very soft. Mm-hmm. It's not um, for sale. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so you can have one. You can't have it currently. Currently. But we'll figure something out. We will. I mean, wouldn't it be cool if you could bring some Sovereign Grace Music merch home? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think in those terms. I don't know. We it's did a give very a bunch nice away at a conference we were just at recently. We did. At the G3 conference. And um, yeah, that was fun. It was really great. But we just can't keep making them and just giving them all away. For sure, yeah. So, Eventually, we're going to have to sell them. But So leave a note in the comments if you would like us to start selling them. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd, that'd be great to know. Okay. Well, today, we're not just going to talk about your T-shirt. My soft T-shirt? Really? <laughs> we okay. are going to talk about the role of the drummer in corporate worship. Great. Uh, of course you would say that. You're a drummer. <laughs> Some people would be saying, <laughs> None. Is there, is there a role for the drummer in corporate worship? No, there's not. And I just want to bring a perspective to I that love question. That. Um, you know, I'm an older guy. And uh, years ago, years ago, I was in a then contemporary Christian band called Glad. This Very was in the late 70s, early 80s. Hey, Glad was hot <laughs> in its day. Um, and I remember with my wife, Julie, because she would run the sound, we would uh, walk, you know, into different church buildings and... Uh, It'd be fine. People would be watching us, and and uh, as we were bringing the drums, sometimes there would be these Uh-oh. like just stares, yeah, just like uh, you know. And and we would be told in some places you can't put those drums there. Wow. I remember at one concert, we this was at a concert at a school. We had a uh, a guy come up and try to cast demons out of the drums. It was a drum oh, solo. Wow. To be, to be fair, it was a drum <laughs> solo, <laughs> but he was coming up, tried to cast demons out of the drums. Anyway, I'm not sure it worked or not. I don't think there are any demons in the drums. To be clear. Uh, wow. But so that's what it was just in the late 70s. So wow. what that's you know, almost 50 years ago. And uh, we've come a long way. Yeah. Uh, you know, I remember talking with a guy more conservative than myself uh, this number of years back. And he came into our auditorium and saw the, the drums on the little riser. He said, there the drums are on the throne, as <laughs> is typical for a modern worship <laughs> church. So, you know, wow. We've, uh. I mean, we've come so far, yeah. for better or for worse. I mean, I would say that a lot of people would just assume you have drums. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's still churches around that that wouldn't wouldn't use them. Right, Um, right. So I think we should start maybe with just some, as is always a good place to start, with Scripture and just what, you know, what does Scripture give us in terms of uh, the, the place of percussion, Mm-hmm. In in the worship of God, mm-hmm. you know, if you I just did a Bible search, a word search for drums in the ESV English Standard Version, it doesn't appear. So <laughs> <Nothing>. sorry, <laughs> um, it's just not there. But what does appear 
is uh, tambourines and cymbals yep. in the Old Testament. So, so you have Psalm 150, yep. which is, you know, the conclusion of the Psalter, which the, the last five Psalms are just, they, they all begin and end with praise the Lord, praise the Lord. So it's this this crescendo of praise yep. to God, and you get to the very, very end. Very loud crescendo. Yes, very loud. And uh, Psalm 150, praise the Lord, mm-hmm. praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens, and then we're told why, as Scripture always does, gives us reasons for praising God. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Mm. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness, so his, for His works and His worthiness. And then the psalmist tells us how we're to do that. Praise Him with trumpet sound. Praise Him with lute and harp. Praise Him with tambourine and dance. So that's the percussion. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him, the only instrument that's mentioned twice. Praise him with loud, clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Yeah. So (laughs) there is a an exhortation, you know, Mm -hmm. to use percussion as part of that with with which we give praise to God. When David was bringing the ark back from to Jerusalem from Kiriath Jerim, he they were, it says in First Chronicles 13, 8, they were celebrating before God with all their might, mm-hmm. with song and lyres and harps and tambourines. Yeah. And then when David was setting up the instrumentalists and the vocalists at the, at the temple, the, the, the soon-to-be temple, he, in First Chronicles 15, 16, says he commanded the chiefs of the Levites to appoint their brothers as the singers who should play loudly on musical instruments, on harps and lyres and cymbals, to raise sounds of joy. Hmm. So there's this particular association with, with instruments and joy. And in Isaiah 24, 8, it talks about, it's a judgment, it says the mirth of the tambourines is stilled. Hmm. So there is something... It's, uh, yeah, well... You know, that, that musical instruments in general and drums in particular, percussion in particular, can communicate about a joy mm-hmm. and enthusiasm and, yeah, a, a volume mm-hmm. that, that can be helpful to express something of the glory and the grandeur and the greatness of God. Mm-hmm. But like all musical instruments, God can use them. He doesn't need them. Yeah, for sure. So I, I think we need to say that up front. That's good. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. uh, even as a keyboardist, a pianist, I, I don't, you know, God doesn't need a piano for, mm-hmm. for God's people to sing. The overwhelming emphasis in scripture for music when the congregation, when the people of God gather is singing. Yeah. So, so those instruments are just meant to support, uh, you know, the, the singing that's going on. So, yeah. so we want to talk about, Okay, yeah, there is a place for percussion in the corporate worship of God, um, but how do we use it rightly? Because when used mm-hmm. rightly, mm-hmm. It, can, it can contribute, any instrument can contribute to faith-filled, Christ-exalting, heart-affecting praise to God. Yeah. So that's what we will kind of uh, want to get into. I, and I love starting there because um, so often our heart is bent towards... I, th- this is what's going to encourage us to sing bigger yes, and louder, yes. and we need to have yes. this. And what would our service be like if we didn't have, you know, a backbeat or a really screaming guitar or, you know, yeah, yeah. and I think that it's just helpful to phrase every conversation we have, 
on this podcast of how are we trying to glorify the Lord? Uh, and are, you know, do we have to have it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, can it's it be helpful? Humbling. Can it be? Yes, it's exactly. Just, it's just humbling to know, you know, God doesn't need me. Yeah. Uh, your big team, if, if you're in a church with a you know, large team, he doesn't need the big team. Mm-hmm. He can use it. Mm-hmm. But we, we got to know what our purpose is, what our aim is. Absolutely. So, so that's what we're hoping to do. I think it's probably going to be a two-part uh, yep. podcast. Um, and today we're going to talk more about the philosophical, you know, approach. But David, I want to—I just want everyone to hear a little bit about your experience because I've—I've yeah. I've known you as a drummer for, hmm, wow, ten, no, no, maybe twelve years, yeah, yeah, fifteen years, yeah. Um, but go back before even the time I knew you. Just tell—tell yeah. tell us how you got into drums and a little bit about your experience and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, you are an amazing drummer. Let me just say, uh, you are an amazing drummer, and <laughs> I don't know if people how much. They know about you know what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they've watched our videos, they've certainly seen you a number of times. But mm-hmm. uh, you're just one of my favorite drummers, and uh, love the fact that we get to serve in the same church together. Yeah, same. Okay, back back to you. Uh, yeah. So I I mean, my worship leader in junior high put a pair of sticks in my hand uh, in the church, <laughs> and, and I That's great. I love that he Here, you play. <laughs> Uh, well, he had a, just a desire to equip just young musicians, uh, oh. and um, and we had a drum. We had a pretty rickety drum set at the church, and he kind of taught me like one. Were the drums falling over? I mean, was it they were pretty point? bad. Okay. Yeah, um, really out of tune and loud, and and uh, but he taught me how to um, play a, a single beat, and I practiced it, and it was just something that just came really naturally to mm. me. Wow. Something that I really enjoyed to do. In junior high, you didn't start playing until you were in junior high. It was in junior high, yeah. Wow. Uh huh. Um, I mean, my mom would say that I was playing since I was a you know a five year old yes, yes. on pots I and pans. One and, of my sons was like that. Yeah. yeah um, so um, yeah, so I started playing in junior high, and then I would play on our worship team, but I wasn't super serious about it until high school. It really clicked, huh. um, and uh, my. Um, my dad started getting me lessons, huh. and I started on a snare drum. Uh, and he, we didn't have a full drum kit, and um, I just kind of fell in love with it. And then wow. uh, in high school, I started taking lessons and predominantly playing jazz. So your parents really invested in you, very in much so. Yeah, yeah. That's wonderful. Uh, and my dad was the is the pastor of the church that I attended, and mm. I I think I was the first drummer of that church. Wow. So, so it's a small church too. So it, it taught me a lot about sensitivity and not playing, you know, loudly. And, mm. and we didn't, we didn't have a big band. So, yeah. but jazz, uh, play, playing the genre jazz is what really instilled so much, uh, rudiment exercises mm. and mm. time and leading a so band. So you studied. Yes. Yeah, you really studied. Took lessons. Uh, pretty seriously, and then started. You, mean you can't just sit down a drum set and just kind of play, and you got good <laughs> rhythm. It'll sound good. I would very much, you know, recommend lessons to anybody <laughs> that's interested, even if you're naturally talented. Um, but and I just I loved it, and so I played in so many jazz ensembles, and I was playing in my church. Wow. Um, and uh, yeah, I think by the time I was a senior in high school, I was playing in you know probably fifteen to twenty ensembles. Good uh, and so it just was a lot of experience, kind of the 10,000 hours thing. Mm. Uh, and then I went to... Um, which, which, for people who haven't heard that, if you're going to be an expert in anything, a lot of studies have been done on this, they have figured out that you will probably spend at least 10,000 hours doing that thing. Yes. 
And it felt like I put in my 10,000 hours in high school. <laughs> Probably did. But uh, it, it just was a lot. And then again, I loved it. And so I went to Southern California and moved there for school and music. And um, and then I stayed in Los Angeles. Mm. Uh, and um, for the last 15 years, I was a full-time freelance musician and a part-time worship leader in my church. Wow. So for the first half of me being in California, I was playing drums in my church. For the second half, I was leading worship. Okay. Uh, and I just was, I mean, it was, again, it was my full-time job. I was playing with different artists, um, doing a little bit of touring. And so, yeah, I've been, I've been playing drums for, for a long time with different, in different capacities in a, in a, in a church setting, in a live setting, in a jazz setting, in a pop setting and. Yeah. For artists, different artists. Different artists. Yep. 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 Christian and secular. And So you were telling me earlier that when you first started playing drums for your church, you weren't saved. You weren't a Christian? I or? wasn't. Yeah. In okay. junior high, um, we had like a junior high band that would meet and practice and I would play with them. And Which we did a podcast on, Should You Have Unbelievers on Your Worship Team? We did, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> you should have listened to that. I should oh, have. It didn't exist. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I think... When I got saved, when I was in high school, it, it changed the trajectory of my life, obviously. Oh, yes. Um, but I, I, even in terms of just drumming, uh, I, it, I had different priorities of what I was looking at doing with my life as a drummer. Yes, yes. Um, it, Which didn't exclude playing outside the church. No, you, no, not at all. If anything, also there was, I was an opportunity to be a light and a witness mm. in the music industry in Los Angeles. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of darkness there. A, a lot of darkness. And, um, but, but it gave me a strong desire to serve in my church more than just to play in my church mm. uh, and in the youth ministry. And um, it, yeah, it just awakened a desire to serve more. Yeah. Um, you know, being being a Christian. Well, you know, one of the things I noticed about your playing, the first time I saw you was at the Resolve Conference back in, I don't know, 2008, 2009, somewhere mm -hmm. around there. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember you were on your drum throne, not the seat, but the throne, the risers, and you were oh right beneath the lyrics, mm -hmm. and on every song you were singing. Mm. And, you know, when you talk about how, how it changed you, and actually, there are a lot of Christian drummers who don't sing when they're playing. And I just want to commend mm -hmm. you and commend that practice. And I was thinking back to the scripture I read earlier, um, where it says, David commanded the chiefs of the Levites to appoint their brothers as the singers mm -hmm. who should play loudly. Yes, right. So in some ways, you, you almost saw yourself as a, or see yourself as a singer first. Yeah. And then the the percussion comes comes in and supports that and gives yeah. you know yeah. expands it yes. But I'd love to focus in on as you can as you can compare it like your attitude towards playing drums even you know as, certainly as an unbeliever for the church playing drums for the church and the, but maybe even as a new Christian and. And just how you think about it now, like mm -hmm. what the purpose of it. So we're, we're not going to get into. Uh, uh, you know, practical things yeah, yeah. so much. So it's just the heart behind it. Because yeah. let me say, having played with you for these many, many years, um, there is, you have both an authority and a humility. 
Mm. Um, I heard one person describe it as, uh, you know, the, the, the leader owns the bus, but the drummer drives the bus. <laughs> you know, um, th- there's just that healthy tension between I never have to question your heart or your desire to support like mm. where I think I'm going or where I think we should go. Um, but at the same time, I have no question that if you think we should go somewhere, that, that you'll, you'll take us there. And, yeah. and you will lay down a strong, consistent beat when one's needed, mm. and you will be sensitive and you know, kind of playing along with what how how things are going when you yeah. need to do that. Yeah, you're just there to serve, mm. and it just makes it such a joy. But not probably repeating myself here, but not to serve in such a way that you never have an, any take any initiative, or you're not solid and confident. Mm. You're very solid and confident, but that's all done for the purpose of serving you know, the direction you, the, the leader's taken it. Mm. Um, but I just love to hear from you. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, your different thoughts. Yeah. I mean, f- first of all, that's so encouraging, uh, to hear. I want to serve, um, and I, I want to do that well. Um, and I think a couple thoughts in terms of the singing, uh, I just am so thankful that my parents, I mean, my dad being a pastor, just instilled a desire to sing richly, uh, theologically, mm. Christ-exalting songs. Amen. And so I grew up with a great heritage of music. Mm. And so it's given me a desire to always sing. Yeah. And what's been really helpful, and I think this can be a practical takeaway for drummers that are listening to this podcast or worship leaders encouraging their drummers, is you should... Memorize these songs. Mm, I mean, if you're mm. singing them week in and week out, yeah, memorize yeah. them. Memorize the lyrics. It 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 takes your eyes off the page. Yeah, you know. And so yeah. that's one thing I would say to singing behind the drums. Mm. Uh, and then the second thing um, is just uh, you know the the practicals. You know, the sitting down and taking lessons and learning the rudiments and doing those exercises free me up to not have to be so focused on what I'm doing. Yes. Um, and so, you know, I, I've, in, I've done uh, conferences, Worship God conferences, where I'll teach clinics at the conferences mm-hmm. and encourage the drummers, man, no matter what age you are, where you are out of the drums, take some lessons. It's only going to help. It's only going to help your technique, your time. Mm-hmm. And it will help serve your people yeah. so well. Uh, and, and then... Just one more thought on leading. Um, I, I've seen myself sort of as a worship leader from the yeah, drums. Yes, um, uh, you are setting the time and the tempo, and you even are setting some of the dynamic. Um, you know where it's loud and where it's quiet, yeah. but it's also deeper than that. It's making eye contact with people. Hmm. It, it's singing to them. We talk oh, a lot about man. that on our podcasts. Yeah, it's. I want to do whatever I can to. Get my eyes off of the music and off of the the practicals in front of me. Mm. Whatever I can do to do that, I can memorize the lyrics. I can practice and get mm. better at my technique, and then I know can the songs. I can know the songs really well. And what it does is then I'm freed up, and then it's almost the best seat in the house. Yeah, I love that I get to make eye contact with people. Yes. Yeah. I love that I get to smile and engage when people are singing. 
yeah. uh, and even challenge them behind the drums. I just, I love that. And I think that's How why- you challenge them behind the drums? By making eye contact Start with them. Start singing. Like that. <laughs> just look at them. Just hitting louder. <laughs> but I, you. But I think um, that's, that's where, and I think that's why I started getting into leading songs from the front hmm. when I was in college. Yeah. I started playing guitar mm-hmm. and and trying to get better at piano mm-hmm. and trying to work on my voice. And so now, Bob, I just feel like I get to I get to lead and drum. So at, yeah, at Sovereign yeah. Grace Church of Louisville, I get to lead from the drums and I get to lead from, you know, a guitar in the front. It's so And it's a joy to me. Yeah, that's so I get to do both. Evident. I, I again we were just at this conference uh, in Atlanta and um I remember there were numerous times when either we'd be like slowing down on something, like like building into a chorus, and we just yeah. slow down, and we'd like catch each other's eyes and just yeah, this. And it wouldn't just be about a musical moment; mm-hmm. it would be about these truths are so great, mm-hmm. and we get to we get to like hold back just a little bit, and then, you know, <laughs> just just launch into it. Yeah. Um, so that I love that, but I think of how many drummers I've seen. Where you know they've got this scowl on their face, it's yes. just this kind of, you know, it's I'm going to kill somebody if I just <laughs> if they're just close enough, I'm going to hit them with the sticks. Yeah, maybe Gorm, I don't know. You know, it's just like, bro, just you know, I haven't seen girls do this, but um, <laughs> it's just like that. You know, those uh, Psalm 34 verse five: those who look to Him are radiant; mm, mm, their mm. faces shall never be ashamed. Yeah, no stank face. Yes, on, uh, Sunday that's, mornings. A, that's a great way of putting it. It's like. Because that's, that's almost like an industry term of like, ooh, this is really feeling good in the yes. pocket. And it's like, that's not the intention. Jesus isn't impressed. <laughs> and, and the church isn't impressed. And if they are, then they got problems. I mean, we're focusing on the wrong thing. It's like, it's yeah. not about how hip you are as a drummer. Yeah, I like drummers who play really well. Mm. But Jesus is better than our grooves. Yeah, He's better than, yeah. than yeah. our, you know... Our kicks, our cl- yeah, yeah, for sure. And you've you you model that, mm-hmm. and it's just such a mm-hmm. contrast when you have a drummer who is is able to communicate that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so talk to us more about just um, how you thought about drumming, you know, back in high school, and yeah. you, the purpose of it, the aim of it. Yeah, the, I mean, you know, playing jazz was very much this. Um, Buddy Rich mentality of Buddy Rich was a phenomenal drummer, phenomenal jazz drummer, 50s, yeah, fifties, sixties, yeah, yeah, and just this idea that I, I am, I command this entire band, mm. you know, this is mine, mm. and I think even after uh, I was saved, I think I carried a lot of that into my just playing in general. Uh, um, I'm the boss. I'm the boss. Well, I kind of want to. <laughs> You know, it's that leader worship. It's that not even worship leader, but it's that lead singer drummer relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and there's been a lot of bands, right, that have have had that dynamic uh, of you know the lead singer wants to play, be able to play drums, and mm. the drummer wants to be able to <laughs> sing, and who's in the front and whatever. I think I carried a lot of that into my drumming. It took a long time. I think when I started leading songs, I realized, oh wow, the impact. That's so. Um, yeah, so helpful. And then just a shift in the in the idea of what you know, we've talked about this on this podcast, but what's our intentions on Sunday mornings? Hmm. It's there are similarities between playing with artists in some club hmm. 
But the biggest difference is um, it's just not a gig. It's mm. just a, it's a, it's a gathering to encourage one another. Mm. And I just I talk to so many drummers and electric guitar players and musicians that it's just always been the gig. Mm. Mm. You know, uh, even Christian, even people that love the Lord and are <laughs> trying to you know use their gifts on Sunday mornings. Yeah. It's just even in the back of their mind, it's sort of this is the gig that I do. I'm mm. good at it, so. And when you say gig, like, yeah. what does that mean? I think of it like a gig, like. Sort of the, uh, the like, I come, I play the part, I play it well. Mm. I have all the right tone. I have all the right symbols. I have all the right whatever, and then I leave. So it's about me, okay, me doing all the right things, yep. then I leave. Yeah. Musically. Yes, and uh, and I just think it misses it misses it. Well, and it does. there's so many there's so many. Uh, it's sort of like a tree. There's so many roots that come out in in wrong directions uh, mm. of that gig mentality. Mm. Mm. Of you, you're not quick to serve in different capacities. Mm. Uh, you're not listening to other musicians when mm. you're playing on Sundays. Well. It's like I do this and I do this well. You know, I tend to be loud and forceful and. And it just there's implications for that. So when you come to serve first, mm. I think it changes everything. And, and you I totally, totally agree. That's so helpful. And you serve for the glory of Jesus, not yourself. Yes. Because you can serve right. so that you look good. Oh, for sure. I'm a great servant. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know... Guys that I've met over the years that are, that have drummed in their churches, there's just a heart behind them that says, "Yeah, whatever you need." Oh, you know, so it, it's like, what if you pick good. up and it's uh, you have to play cajon this Sunday, mm. or what if you're off and there's another drummer, or what yeah. if there's a younger guy yeah. that wants to be playing and mm. can you give up your throne, you know, for the young <laughs> blood to come? Are you training other guys? I just, yeah. you know, there's just the implications are mm. uh, there's so many. But I just, I want to, I want to serve the Lord in, in, in on this gathering. I want to serve my team. I want to serve this congregation. Mm -hmm. Changes everything. Uh, it, it changes and don't even forget, serve the leader and serve the leader. Yeah, I mean, just just a leader. <laughs> just to, I, yeah, throw that in there. Yes, good. But that's uh, that's so right. So yeah, it, it, its implications are even to the most minute measure. Do I need to play here? Mm. Should mm. I play here? Should I do that fill that I've been working on? Should I? Those kind of things. <laughs> I love it. I don't love it. When a drummer, you know, has learned all the, like, all the uh, the riffs in a song. Yeah, yeah. And they come in on Sunday morning and they play those riffs. Those, yeah. You know, those, I just can't think of the word right now, but, you know, those. Yeah. Fills. Fills. Chops. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. And they play them just like the album. And you know what? I'm thinking, that, that, that doesn't really fit. Yeah. And... And a drummer who's there to serve is going to say, "Oh, okay. Well, yeah. What what, what what's going to fit?" Yeah. Uh, rather than the gig, I play my part. I do exactly like it is. And yeah. Now I recognize there are churches where they just want you to do it exactly like the album. Yeah. But I learned over time that albums aren't made necessarily to translate to Sunday mornings. Well, yeah. They're, it's right. an album. Right. It's a recording. Right. And you want to make... I mean, we, we go through this with Sovereign Grace Music, you know, how much of it is 
how, how, how often do we do it so that a, you know, a church could do it on a yeah. Sunday morning? And how often do we do it so it's more creative, more special, more yeah. unique? And we try to blend those. Sometimes we do acoustic you know, versions of songs. Um, but if, if you're not thinking that way, it, it just becomes all about what you do. Mm-hmm. And you're really not interested in serving mm-hmm. what's going on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, know the part, know, the, know the, how the song goes, but be willing to just lay that down immediately. In yeah. fact, even, even proactively be asking, how's this going to serve? Is, am I yes. serving you know, the leader? Am I, uh, is it going to serve the congregation? And I love the way you'll suggest things, you know, hey, right here. You know, it seems like it should go here, you know, builds here or, or mm-hmm. you know, that, that kind of thing. Um, which, again, it's because of the way you're thinking. Mm. You're not thinking, how can I, how can I prove I'm the best drummer? Mm. Or the, you know, how can I prove that I've had 10,000 hours yeah. of yes. t- playing time? Yes. It's uh, how, can I, how can I serve what's supposed to happen here? Yeah. Which is that faith-filled singing, Christ exalted singing. Yeah, and I, I mean, Bob, you've been such an... You've been so influential on 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 my life in that context. Um, just even how often we just let our voices sing. Yeah. You know, I remember yeah. when we met each other uh, at Resolved. Just even then, I felt cared for and mm. pastored uh, from you. Just in terms of how do we think through these things, huh. and I think your equipping so affected what we did in Enfield and John Martin. Mm. I mean, John Martin, who led Enfield, uh, and. John Martin was that leader that yes. wanted to co-lead with me, yeah, yeah. you know? And I'm not saying like, you have to have that, but he even equipped that in me. Mm. I mean, just from your influence. And so I think it's it, it's just, and that's what we're trying to tell people when we do Worship God conferences yes. and we go yeah, to yeah. different places and talk to young musicians or old musicians, we're encouraging them for the building up of the body yes. to glorify God, Yes, you know, Amen. in any capacity that you're in. Amen. So, yeah. Well, we should bring this to a close. I did want to mention um, two books in reference to the 10,000-hour things mm. that just stayed with me. Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell, yeah, Gladwell which I've yeah. not read. And Talent is book. Overrated by mm, Jeff Colvin, I think. Um, uh, yeah, which both make the point that I think to the extreme, at least Talent is Overrated. But... Uh, you know, we can assume someone's gifts, someone's uh, talents, some skills are yep. just a, just a matter of you know gifts that right. they've been given. Right. And how often it's the it's really an issue of how hard they've worked. Right. You know. So anyway, that's for anyone who might be interested in following up that's on that more. That's great. Uh, looking forward to part two. Yes, part two is coming. Thank you so much for listening. Amen. Thank you for listening to Sound Plus Doctrine podcast of Sovereign Grace Music. Sovereign Grace Music exists to produce Christ-exalting songs and training for local churches from local churches. For more information, free sheet music, translations, and training resources, you can visit us at SovereignGraceMusic.org.